gentlemen, we're all back together again. No more Avengers Assemble jokes, Daniel. We've been there. Anyway, Daniel, welcome <laughs> back. How was Kingston? Great. It was really fun. Um, unfortunately, no Kingston Frognack games, but yeah. Yeah. excellent conference. I got to meet a lot of people from other radio stations and publications. Good. All amazing people across Canada. Um, I'm really happy I went. It was fun. A lot of concerts. Kingston, it has its own vibe, small town yeah. vibe, but I loved it. And I'm happy it to has, be back. It has the vibe of every other small town <laughs> in, in, in Ontario. I think it's a very universal, like, because I think we're just not used to it with uh, our own school, just being in the heart of the city, just with Kingston. It just, it really is like a university town. Like, everything yeah. is so connected to Queens. Yeah. Also, RMC is just right there too. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right I didn't see Shane Wright. I I know he's at the combine he, though. He's yeah, in he's Buffalo. in Buffalo. Unfortunately, he's being asked, would he pick up fifty dollars from the toilet? I'm like, this okay? See, yeah. so I was looking it up. The NHL are not the only league that I was reading NFL combine questions. Shame on them too. And the NFL that. question was was somebody a player was asked was has his mom a prostitute. And I was like, no way. That's horrible. So I, I, these combine questions are, I don't know, it's supposed to be a thing of, I saw a reply jokingly say to the, to the toilet bowl question, get your hands dirty for the cup. And I was like, what are we doing here? Uh, uh, every time I think about those call, those uh, combine questions. Yeah. It, it reminds me that we're good when it comes to our preparation for interviews that we're okay. We're not asking bad questions. I'm never, if we have Elliot Freeman, I'm not going to ask like, him, Elliot, how the would you sell your kidney for whatever, whatever. We're not going to do that. I'm recording a podcast with a player on, on, fr- on Friday. I don't plan on asking him questions like that. Hey player from the Nighthawks. Would you ever text Kobe Bryant's number knowing he's passed on? Who did that? Was oh, that Jason man. Tatum? Or? Jason Tatum, yeah. That's and then weird. I think the next practice he showed up, or like yeah, before the game he showed up dressed like Kobe. Okay, that's not as bad as texting a dead man's number. Yeah, that's very strange. But anyway, uh, by the way, Daniel, what's your sister's name? Dana. Okay, we we pop quote Dana and Daniel. Ah, yeah. I like that. Born like within a few weeks, the same sort of sounding names. Your parents, A plus, they're very good. Mm-hmm. From, from Did I ever tell you about our traditions? It's pretty cool. What's your tradition? So our birthdays are so close to each other. So yeah. um, also my other, my oldest sister, her birthday is pretty close too. It's like in, uh, it's in April. What's her name? Jennifer. Oh, she just oh. ruined the she just ruined the trio. <laughs> well, she was yeah. no, no, no. I mean, like she was the 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 oldest, so she was before the. Uh, before the, uh, the 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 similar names, but um, our transition, yeah. like we have this thing called the transition cake. Okay. So uh, before we get the hoggy, but it's before uh, what we did before, like we we had this tradition as kids is that we always got more than one cake per birthday because just how my family is, we just people just buy multiple cakes. It's a good family. Yeah. So uh, what happens is we have a transition cake. It's kind of like the Olympic torch. So like when the the birthday week, the birthday week is done, we have a transition cake that we eat. And it's like I'm giving like the Olympic flame to the next person hosting the Olympics. I thought you were going to say you eat, eat one third of the cake and then you just put it in like the freezer or something. But that's a much better thing <laughs> than what I was thinking. That's much healthier, too. OK, yeah. very good. Yeah. Oh, let's talk about hockey because, yeah, the, the conference finals are going on. Stuff in Arizona is going on. 
we're getting some award stuff. Uh, no one's talking about the Masterton, though, which, uh, of course not. Uh, mm-hmm. French media is not even talking about it. That's uh, surprising. Uh, yeah, wait till we uh, see the ballots for the Masterton, too. Very bad. Very bad. Uh, anyway, I guess there's a lot we can start with. And we are going to ask Daniel about what he's thinking of Kenobi because he hasn't been on since we started talking about it. Uh, and because it's it's a it's a Monday episode, schedule got messed up. We can't talk about a new episode of Kenobi because there is none. But next episode is going to be a double Kenobi. No, episode no. after that. Because, yeah, you guys are next, next episode. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, next episode, Mike will be on. Oh, By really? Yeah, we got Mike, so that'll be fun. Uh, hopefully, the Rangers are having a comp- well. So are the Rangers, anyway. Though, right. um, so Tampa Bay, they were twin one. Um, it was getting scary. It was getting scary. I, I don't think anyone really believed that the Lightning were going to fall down three nothing anyway. Um, but yeah, I think like the longer the series has gone on, obviously Tampa had a lot of time after that sweep uh, and probably got their legs back a bit. You can probably say, um, "What are we guys?" What are we making of this series so far? Because uh, I thought game three at least was probably the easiest, like easily the most entertaining game that the Rangers have played this playoffs because they've had some stinkers. I won't lie. Yeah. And I think that game two is that, um, or sorry, not game two. I mean, the that game as well um, was like the most realistic in terms of what we kind of expected from the series. That Holy was dual. Yeah, a goalie duel. And I think we kind of saw that um, in game two as well, where we were kind of like, I think you were saying, put it well, that Tampa was kind of getting their legs back a little bit. I I didn't like game one from them at all. Uh, From Tampa's perspective, I thought New York did a great job at uh, taking advantage of that. But from game games two and three, I thought that's kind of what uh, we should expect for the rest of this series. You know, I thought Nikita Kucherov, I thought he was absolutely buzzing in game three. You kind of felt that he was going to score eventually because it just felt like he was flying all night and Shesterkin was just trying to stop him at, at every sort of point. Uh, it was really fun. Not to mention, you you saw a lot of Tampa were definitely trying to get into Shesterkin's kitchen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that dive, uh, Corey Perry, I understand <laughs> the pain, my man. That was a 10 out of 10 dive uh, from Shesterkin. I don't like, I know people were saying it's still a penalty. If you, if a guy embellishes, no, I don't like the coincidental minors there, but that was, uh, that was a little rough. Uh, and there's still no Braden point either, which is. Yes. He's either. out for game four. Yeah. They confirm that. Yeah. Yeah. They confirmed That's it today. If they're given, I wonder if he plays, well, you know, if they go seven, he'll somehow, Oh, my legs. Okay. Now, or whatever it was like, it's been so long. He's, he's going to pull the Steven Stamkos in the finals. One, one shift and he's gone. And yeah. he'll score. He score and then he's like, I'm good. I've did my I've done my job. Then so. puts his uniform back on just to go, go get the cup presentation. Yeah. I mean the Tampa's just a revolving door of players at this point. That's what I kind of felt too. Uh with game three. It's just they did come back. Um uh, I know they had the power plays, but even that last goal from Andre Pollard, like it's no quit with this team, what they've been able to do. Um they crawled back and I think they're gonna tie it up. For game four. I don't know how the series is going to go, but I think they're going to tie it up. So Andre Palat has haunted, haunted team. I've always talked about like, forget about other guys leaving. They're really going to miss Andre Palat. He's gone this off season. That guy is so clutch. I can't tell you how many times I've watched him score third period clinchers like that. You remember he did it back in 2015 too, against the Canadians. That man is a, a nightmare. 
people do not. I think I mentioned him last episode too. Palat's just one of those underrated players that you could see maybe getting a Coleman type contract in the off season. But that is just a, such a useful little player. And the only uh, the only non power play goal last night, by the way, which is <laughs> funny. Uh, also, the kid line has been really good, eh? Yeah, yeah. I think it's really. I think they, from what I've heard, it they started slow and then they just picked up steam. And uh, I, I I keep hearing about him, uh, Philip Heedle, just yes. all over the place. Everyone is talking about Philip Heedle, and I think he's like he's noticeable in all in all the good ways. I was uh, I was talking to Mike about it and he said the thing with Heedle is he was so sort of unnoticeable in the regular season. But mm-hmm. then when the playoff came around, he just sort of popped. I saw this other tweet. This is from Harmon Dial, who we've had on the show before. Uh, and this was just just you kind of see bringing in like the, those kid line, like the kid line and just sort of how quietly past first round picks and how like the depth of the Rangers. That's a, like been a big story. I think it's sort of covered up how Panarin hasn't been scoring as much, but this is the tweet. Uh, looking back, it's crazy how much the Rick Nash trade is benefiting the Rangers today. Obviously, uh, Ryan Lindgren in the first, which became Keandre Miller. For Ryan Spooner, who um, was eventually flipped for Ryan Strom, who uh, is hurt, but I apparently think Barkay Goudreau's still coming in, so he'll be taking that spot. But uh, that is a low-key great trade. Like, two legit top four defensemen. Yep. Uh, and then you got your second line center out of it. That is a masterclass trade that people do not talk about enough. But yeah, uh, crazy. That, that just shows it. And the heedle on top of that, Kako popping, Lafreniere too. That's what you need in the playoffs, right? That sort of third, one of those bottom six lines popping off. And listen, if you're the Rangers, you're looking for the split on the road, right? But it's, I wonder how they react in game four because you can tell by Rangers Twitter, game three stung because it was within reach. Mm-hmm. But Tampa just... They didn't fold it. We talked about it in the episode. You can see the championship pedigree from them. No team plays like them. It's incredible to watch. And and I think that's what makes that's what separates uh, them from the rest. And I don't mean separates them from the thirty one other teams. I mean separates them. And, and I've said it on the show before. I, I think this last, let's say, three years of this team is probably the best stretch of a team in the cap era. And I think that's what separates them from the best of the best is just the constant. Yes, okay, they started game one slow. I'll give them that. Like I, I will give people that. But they just come back and come back and come back and come back. And what makes them better than every other team in the league at this moment is is the ability to play in many different type of situations, not in the, we can play fast paced hockey. Like I, I was listening to a podcast, uh, um, the hockey PDO cast, they had Dominic Moron and he was talking about, he's like, everyone likes to talk about fa- Tampa with this fast paced hockey, but where a lot of the times their best is when it's slowed down methodical type hockey. And it's like, yeah, that's, and, and I think if you go back to that Toronto series, especially, and even if you look at that Florida series, when they were able to slow down the game, that's when they beat the other team. That's when they dominated Toronto. That's when they dominated Florida. It's funny because people were saying earlier in the series that maybe it was the speed of the Rangers that was that sort of overwhelming the lightning. Um, but no, it's just sort of 
Tampa have really started playing the way they want to play now, uh, which is it's a thing of it's a, it's almost a game of attrition with the Lightning. Is we're going to take our time, we're going to read the opponent, and we're going to counter strike from it almost. It's uh, it's a masterclass. I hate it so much. Another thing for the Rangers, this is the guy I I can't remember if I mentioned him on the pod or it's just I always text Mike about him. But I think Frank Vitrano might be the best low-key acquisition from the trade deadline. Like, obviously, we'll think of, of Nick Paul and Brandon Hagel. But, like, Frank Vitrano, regular season and in the playoffs, just keeps popping. Like, remember, this guy was getting tr- like having trouble getting into the lineup in Florida. Uh, and Andrew Kopp, who the pick they sent is now a first-rounder yeah. uh, because the conditions were met. Apparently, Andrew Kopp said uh, to the Rangers, sorry about the pick. Sorry about that. But <laughs> they'll, they'll take it. They'll take it. Um, I like that point you uh, you mentioned. Frank Vitrano is remember he was a cap casualty because when they wanted to get all those guys, and it's crazy how things are working out for him right now. Uh, we're happy to see it, but you know what a story. I like I love that one. Also, when are fans going to learn to stop taunting Andre Vasilevsky? Florida did it last year. Remember the save of like I I, I like I think I, it was a woman in Florida with the sign that said I've seen coupons save more than you Vasilevsky. Mm-hmm. Then they lose the next two series versus the pan uh, the, um, against Tampa. Um, Vasi getting the Bronx cheered. The game that Alex was at. No, no, um, that was game one. That was, that was game, game one. one? Oh, yeah, sorry, yeah. sorry. Yeah, uh, and one. then you know Tampa win that matchup. The inevitable too. happened. You just don't taunt Vasilevsky. Stop. Like Shisterkin, even though Shisterkin so far has been the better goalie, his numbers second round onwards what was it three straight games of having a nine forty nine. I think his last game was in the nine twenties. Like ah bum nine twenty save percentage. What's that about? It's insane. I had his advanced number somewhere, but uh, it seems I've deleted the note, which is frustrating. But uh, Shisterkin has also been uh, fantastic. It, if we get these two performances out of these two teams and mainly the goaltenders moving forward, uh, I am loving it. It's just nice to see the Rangers in fun hockey. Cause uh, again, that Carolina series was, it was boring. It, it was. was, I had it was. a lot it was of calculated guys. It, it was, was calculated. I, I know hockey coaches were just salivating at the mouth. They loved that one so much. Paul Maurice we, is like, that's good hockey. Right? It's a defensive duel. <laughs> Barry Trost was just, <laughs> coach is just boring. Mike Babcock and Barry Trost were just, oh, <laughs> give me more. Oh, goodness. It's really nice that we're not hearing Babcock's name with all the coaching vacancies, by yeah, the way. Give it a few months. Because, uh, well, obviously, he'll be the the, the second guy forever, whoever uh, goes and misses out on Quinville. Let the right. desperation seep in first, and then we'll see how those calls go. Listen, we haven't heard anything uh, yet from Philadelphia, so. Yeah, they're, uh, Tortorella was a weird one to hear. Like, whisper What's it, them. though? Because they want guys to take control of the locker room, guys. That's why. I just realized I forgot to put any notes in for this game for the game three into the dock because mm-hmm. I remember thinking oh, I won't be able to make the podcast, but never mind. That's fine. Here we are. Yeah. Uh, but hey, I mean, just credit to the Rangers overall, though, oh, that yeah. they have a series win. Like, sorry, a series lead. I hope I didn't jinx them there for Mike's <laughs> sake. Um, but the fact that like they went up to nothing, like Mike couldn't be happier right now, but he won't admit it. But I feel like right now he's thinking our good friend, Mike. Again, we'll be on the podcast on Thursday. Worth a listen. Tune in. Um, he just must be. There must Ecstatic. be a part of him that's like, hey, I mean, you know, two more wins, and then from there, you're four wins away from doing a certain yeah. thing. Maybe he's he's being humble about it right now. But hey, 
They're playing great. They're playing great. From and and I guess from an outside perspective, you must be loving this too, right? I hate expl- this series so much. No, no, I'll explain why. I think I think okay. maybe it's not. We're we're talking about different reasons. Here. Like, is there Hab? <clears throat> is there Hab's legend on the Rangers? There's no, but there's a <clears throat> connection that I feel like we're no, we haven't talked about. Who built the New York Rangers? Oh yeah! yeah oh, oh yeah! Yeah. Yes, yeah. cop. Yes, Vertrano. Who built the New York Rangers? Jeff Jury. Gordon and okay. another scout they had, who is now the head okay. of Montreal scout. Okay, wow. so we yeah. do know now. We know in theory, actually more than in theory, that it works. Right, so someone's got to be happy. Mm-hmm. It, that is I'm just wanted. trying to be positive okay. here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just so trying to be positive. That, that I'm just Harman trying to be positive. Dial tweet that, that, about the lingering trade. I remember the first comment I saw was actually it was someone with a Habs player in their their profile saying, mm-hmm. "And the guy who made that trade is now the Canadians." Exactly. I, I didn't think about it. See, I also look at it like they have a win more than the Habs did <laughs> right now. From so, the finals, and it's like, like my my brother, like it, it's also a shame. Like, I don't, I don't want Chris Kreider to win, but it's it's he again. He's better than Evander Kane, yeah. But it's still like, but it's like Corey Perry. It's a very weird feeling. That's I'll tell you that. You want Corey Perry to win, yeah, no matter what. Um, one I, thing I'd like to point out is when are we going to be able to? You know, I love Harmon Dial's tweet. I, I was going to mention it as well. Yeah. But when are we going to be able to compare? That returned with the Ben Sherat returned. Oh, uh, we'll see. Uh, we'll, we'll see. Uh, remember that pick's unprotected next year. Yeah. Even though oh, it's mean, next we'll, year's pick. Yes, it's. Oh next my year. god, I Calgary is this that. year. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, even though, like, they're going to be better. Like, so we're not. Yeah, yeah, be better, be but fine. they're going to be good still. They're Especially the fine. fact that Boston have no players to start. The yeah, game. and Huberto <sighs> signing with the Habs. So oh, obviously, that yes. Yeah, yeah. He'll be there. Our Timmy Panarin, and there we go. We're all excited for it. Uh, you can't wait. Can't wait. Um, I say before we get to the Edmonton series, we break it up a bit. Okay. Did you guys see? Oh, my. Please tell me I didn't delete this. The Seth Jarvis quote about the hit um, that he was through. The hit that Truba threw on him. The, I, the, I did not. The quote about um, how he doesn't remember anything. Is that yeah, the quote you're so- talking about? Yeah. Pa- paraphrasing because i thought i had it i am so unprepared today let's see I'm if i can find saying, it you please do please do because it was as i try and stall for time here it, it's how is this okay how like even rec- request had had it up it's like we almost sometimes romanticize the injuries these guys played for and seth jarvis like couldn't remember anything it's like, like the um is it the who daniel your favorite player or second favorite player Ryan gets Carter Verhage. No, Niedermeyer. Scott no, Niedermeyer. Um, Korea, maybe. Oh, the Paul Korea. I think he got Scott Steven. And he oh, yes, Paul Korea. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes, Paul Korea came back into the game. It's like that, except they lost. Yeah. Okay. It's like you know, all you remember. Oh, you got it. I have. Uh, there's no quote. I just have the tweet from Walt Ruff. Didn't just. Oh, can you just. Okay. Seth Jarvis shares that the only thing he remembers from game seven when he was hit by Jacob Truba are an early power play, watching a bit of the third in the back, and then Jesperi Kutkinyemi driving him home. Other than that, nothing until midway through the next day. That is, see, that's crazy. The Truba hit itself was tap technically legal. Like, I think it's much easier to defend the hit that he threw on Max Domi. 
But that Jarvis one, like that's something the league really need to. And it sounds like Freeman sort of talked about that. Maybe the players need to take a second, sort of think about these hits and safety because they're not safe. Like we, that, that is not okay. Like you knew when Jarvis wasn't coming back to the game in a game seven, that's, you know, it's bad. And hearing that quote is uh, it's scary, but uh, the the league and the players need to sort of come together and be like, Hey guys, uh, uh, maybe we, we sort of try and deal down the concussions and maybe, thinking about the rule book a bit here and they were bad well that will take of, years that will take years yeah that's a serious sibian thing if it takes four years then start what a <laughs> they, they, it was I, I i think it was five years actually just to make it, things worse and uh, i'm like this is uh, some type See, of joke right like thing. this is a joke right like in, in a some, few years the league could go for a rebrand right once the escrows paid up and this cap the cap is supposed to jump a bunch right and that should be like a giant free agency because I'm pretty sure like that's the Matthews year. That's Sebastian Ajo's year. If you do that, rework the rules. You could almost aim that as like a rebrand for the league. Kind of like they what happened in 0405 in a way. Exactly. Maybe, yeah. I doubt but that will happen. They're just not creative um, enough. Oh, the, not the, that they're not, the Coyotes are going to have a home. Not, not that they're not creative enough. It's that they're just... Um, they're reluctant. They don't, they don't, it's not even reluctance. It's they don't want to change. So you're we're the issue I think we're having, and I think this is fair, is we have a group of people who are running the sport essentially, um, who don't see any problem with what's happening. And so, like, we're just clamoring as fans down here, like, uh, like no, but like they're not listening to us because they don't care. Just uh, going for that older generation still. Uh, ignore what the young fans and going on about their Twitter stuff. Hey, company Google, I got a cub side. So hate it. Yeah. Uh, so uh, not really a surprise to a ton of people. Daryl Sutter wins uh, the Jack Adams for coach of the year. I was surprised. But this is what I want to talk about. Um, why the hell was John Cooper eighth and did not get a single first place vote? That's, Jared that's, Bednar. That's shambles. Jared Bednar was third. Apparently, oh no, no Adam, fourth. this he is uh, this is a couple years ago. I'm looking at the year Gerard Gallant <laughs> won it with Vegas. Uh, kids, that's why you proof, proofread, but now he's on the Rangers. We know that. Oh, good, are you gracious. sure? Are yeah, we so- sure, Daniel? Yeah, I'm, th- I'm sure Gerard Gallant is on the Rangers. <laughs> awful today. Why can't I find it? Oh my god, okay. So while you're looking for it, can I just <clears throat> say I thought we were doing an award show during the stanley cup yeah. final we we all remember this right okay we're getting maybe them like gra- gradually be, maybe it's just going to be the heart and the norris because no that's maybe they're throwing the willie re in there no, but no. 15 minute ceremony why is coach of the year not done like at the award show adam it's worse adam he's not eighth was he 11th or ninth? he was 10th 10th oh that's, that's blasphemous as stephen a smith would say um, that's uh, that that's Cooper, right? Yeah, that's insane. And Bednar was fourth or fifth. Sorry, uh, he was fifth. Fifth. That is just not enough. So that it is goes. Just not the, the top five is Sutter, Burnett, Gallant, Evison, and Bednar. Okay, now I remember why that list really upset me. Evison. Oh. Well, Evison. They had a good regular season. It's solid, but not over Cooper. Here's my argument. But, on I, this. but there is, uh, sorry, Daniel, go ahead. Yeah, <laughs> no, just my argument is, um, and it doesn't make sense to me. It but should. they're gonna say, "Oh, look at the abundance of talent." Like, 
look what these guys have been able to do with these teams. Like, of course that the team's winning, but I, I don't know. It's it's weird to me. Everson I think it's just the narrative MVP. narrative driven. I think this year, not that Daryl Sutter was bad, but I think it's just that narrative we had between last year and this year. No, no, no not not suck. Forget about that. No, no, no. Okay. I'm I'm done. Forget he he deserves. I think Daryl Sutter deserves it. Whether I'm not upset about that. I am. D- Dean Everson. Why not? Gets that high a vote. But why well, anyway, not? I saw Woodcroft was getting votes. I'm like, Wood, he, Woodcroft, he got a sec, Woodcroft got a sec, uh, second place vote and two thirds. No, but I, I don't understand your reluctance for Dean Evison because it's the same. It's the same idea behind Daryl Sutter and Andrew Burnett. He, he took a team and I don't think like, yes, we all expected them to be that high, but I don't think we expected them to be that good. Now, yes, they, they screwed up in the playoffs, but as many people will note, this isn't a playoff award. J- or if it was, John Cooper would win, have the last two, right? So, like, what's the reluctance? Like over Cooper. That really bothers me. He did not oh, do a better coaching job than him. That's okay, what really there's, bothers there's a list And I'm of, still bitter about Minnesota screwing my bracket. Fair. But John Hines is above John Cooper. That's blasphemous. Ah, um, that's crazy. Todd McClellan <laughs> is above John Cooper. That's blasphemous. Ah. Like, I, I'm sorry. Like, there's like five guys. I mean, I'm not going to list them all because I'll get in trouble, but that should not be above John Cooper. McClellan, were LA second or third? I think they were second. Third. Right? They were, no. They were they third. Were, they were third. Okay. So LA made it. Correct. Because Vegas. Fell off a cliff and had no, so he didn't fall off a cliff. I should make no, no, that's not right. Vegas, the only reason LA really made the playoffs, if we're going to be honest here, right now, they had points on Dallas and that, but let's think if they faced a fully healthy Vegas team, they don't make it. I like to know, but no, they don't make it. You're 100% right. McClellan and Woodcroft getting second is just, uh, I, I get he did a good job, but but second, who that's like the guys who. I need to double check this, but I saw somebody say that like a voter did not have Patrice Bergeron on his on his ballot. I no. need to find that man. There were Masterton votes that didn't have Hayes on them. Excuse me. There, there were some. There were bad ones. There were bad ones. The Masterton's a bit more forgivable because it's a difficult vote. But Woodcroft second. Come on. Anyway, um, the narratives. I'm telling you guys. Well, because uh, it's a Bush Berger. League award. Sorry, it's sorry, Adam, but like I don't mean to cut you up. It's a Bush League award that's like we pretend it's the best coach of the year, but it's the coach of the the coach of a team who overachieved. And essentially. Like, and I'm not saying goal. the Calgary and have a good goal. Like I'm not saying Calgary overachieved, but we've this is probably the best they've performed regular season wise <laughs> yeah. over the course of the uh Goudreau and Monaghan years. Is that fair to say? <laughs> Yeah, oh, I agree with that. Yeah. yeah, right. So, like, that's why he got the award. Like, it's, he, it's, it's, it's I don't gross. understand what this. It's not coach of the year award. Like, we shouldn't be calling it that. This is gross. Uh, Bergeron won the Bergeron. What? Chris Bergeron has the most selkies ever. Uh, oh. yeah, he deserved it. Like the advanced numbers yeah. were. You could hilarious. do the Booker T now. He's the five-time, yes. five-time, 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 five-time WC. I like to say when I was a kid, when I saw Booker T do that, I thought he won it 25 times because <laughs> he said five <laughs> times, five times. Like more than Ric Flair ever did. I love it. Um, That's but funny. I, I, no one should be surprised. No. no Is one anyone surprised? surprised? 
I, Are there people surprised? No. Is this oh, I, the I, part I, now where Prishis Bergeron says thank you and walks away? Or well, I remember he. Oh yeah, no. If his career is done, it that's difficult, man. By the way, shout out to him thinking his former agent can't use good man. Um, but yeah, I, it, it is a question, right? Especially like it's just going to be him single handedly carrying the Bruins next year, unless Krejci's like, yeah, I'm coming back, but. Or Jack Stednika develops into the second line center. We all expected. It's just not going to happen, Daniel. We we can all wait for it, but it's or they sign like Kadri, and it's like ah, oh, we're good. Okay, they're ah, oh, we're fine. Um, all's forgiven, Jake DeBrusque. Exactly. Uh, that's. <laughs> oh my God! Somebody had him with a with a Masterton vote. Who? Somebody really? had him with a first place Masterton vote. Jake DeBrusque. Yes. Yeah, yeah. What? Why? Exactly. I saw he, a joke saying, ah, because he played through his own trade request. It was like, oh, not bad. He had like, yeah, he had like two requests, right? Yeah. Oh, and then he signed yeah. the extension just to make the, the, the trade easier. And he still didn't get traded because they're like, yeah, we need you. He's like, oh, fine. So oh, the Pierre-Luc Dubois model, you said, <laughs> you're saying. Except he tried. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, so the the guy, I just happened, I searched up Selkie on Twitter and it was the first tweet that popped up. But you said there was one guy who didn't have Bergeron in his ballot. Yes. That was a mistake. So this is from Frank Cerebelli. Shout oh. out. Uh, yeah. So Lance, uh, it's Lance Lesowski. That's a sorry, I butchered it, but that's as good as uh-huh. it's getting. Uh, he voted Bergeron as his number one choice for Selkie, um, but they were his choices were incorrectly incorrectly listed by the NHL. He had it as Bergeron, Sorelli, O'Reilly, Marshan, and Erickson Eck. That was his, that was his top five. So did Frank not you know proofread it when he tweeted it out then? Uh, no, the on, NHL, the oh. NHL didn't proofread it. This happened before, by the way. Um, okay, because it's gonna say because Frank also tweets it out, doesn't he? Okay, but the, the, yeah, the but NHL the, uh, the NHL or whoever screwed it up. Then that man's forgiven. Sorry, Daniel. Yeah. Where are you yeah. Oh no, this happened before in uh, the MLB for the American League Cy Young Award. So for the best pitcher in the yeah. American League, and somebody voted for this guy. Um, he's a former Blue Jay, Ryan Tapera. Okay, who this guy's like a depth like. Like he'd be comparable to like a depth fourth line energy guy as a pitcher. And someone voted for him for the Cy Young Award. And it was like an older, it was like an older sports writer that said that his hand slipped when uh, (laughs) he was voting for it on the computer. (laughs) I like that. I like that a lot. Um, You ever hear the thing of how apparently the starting lineups, they don't write them anymore. They, uh, they put them into an iPad. Apparently, the coaches hate it because they're always worried about what they put in wrong. I think Marty St. Louis was saying it when he was on 32 Thoughts a couple months ago. Oh, I'm uh, sure but proofreading thing. is hard, I know. Yeah, well, there we go. Sorry. It's just, come on now. You're journalists. Come on. Hand slip. Come on. Uh, Carey Price wins the Masterton. I didn't think he was going to. I kind of, the last few days, like, okay, Hayes is probably going to get it. Uh, okay, so here's what's really weird. Only two like Canadians beat reporters actually had him on their ballot. Ballot. How many reporters were there? There's a there's a good there's number. There's a good number. number of there's a good oh, number. There's always a lot in the East. Marc Antoine Gaudin didn't have him on. I think our Arpen Basu may have had him third. Angles had him first. It caused a big tear up on Hab's Twitter and somebody were there were people unfairly. There's a French reporter. I can't remember his name is his son went missing for like, I think it was a day or two. And um, somebody it happened like last week. And then 
Yes. A Habs fan sort of went out and was like, that's why your son ran oh. away. Didn't oh, know my price. God. It was disgusting, um, which was like, okay, calm down, people. You know, it was like the Masters is a very difficult award. Like we've talked about it. Just give it to one person per team. Don't try and rank it because it was no one agreed with the decision. It was brutal. But it was like, like, I just I find it difficult that that many reporters didn't have them on it. Uh, Especially the ones it, in the market. Because you would understand more than anyone. Right. Like, it, it just, it, it, like, even uh, Mark Dumont, who used to write for the Athletic and now works for the Habs, was getting into it with a few people. Um, like, he, like, the report, like, like, the writers are getting defensive about it, as I would too. But it just, it, it rubs me the wrong way that no one did. And again, I'm biased. He's my favorite player. But, like, I'm happy he won it. Uh, good for him. His speech, the head he spoke, um, I forget the exact language, but it's his native one. Uh, he did English and he did French. And I never see Carey Price speaks French. And that's why a lot of media don't actually like him because he refuses to learn French. That is a fact. Look it up. Uh, it's pretty disgusting, actually. Um, but I'm happy for Carey. Uh, I think he just lead. So of the individual awards, I think he has five of them. That's more than any other hab in history. Really? I think uh, like I think Richard had four of them, but Price has because it's what the Jennings, the year he won all of the big four and then yeah, Masters. Yeah, so uh, retire his number. Uh, retire his number. Uh, news that came out of his press conference he did, he got a PRP injection. It's like this plasma, and it's supposed to give like speedy, it sounds like something out of video game, doesn't it? And it's supposed to give like quick healing. It sounds like something out of Fallout. No, it, it's just... <laughs> I, I saw I saw the you put it in there this afternoon at work. I was just I was reading over the doc and I'm like, I got the perfect thing. It's like, are we on the Joe Rogan podcast? Because honestly, that's where I did hear it first. So like like not about Carrie Price. I've heard about this like from that podcast. So I thought it was funny. So that's it's my joke. A, it's a sort of like supposed to help healing in like where you inject it. Yeah. But it's it's temporary, like two years. And there have been mixed cases of it working. I just read it and I kind of cringed a bit, not to mention when I went to go read what it was, there was a picture of a needle and I can't, that stuff throws me off a lot. Sure. Um, but it, I am so concerned about his knee. Um, we'll see what happens, but man, that's, that's, uh, that's nerve wracking. Um, but yeah, also you, Alex mentioned it, that stupid. So for those of you who didn't see this, so apparently, so Scott Wheeler tweets out that paraphrasing here, uh, the Habs have apparently been knighted the most difficult interview at the Combine. And one of the questions they asked was, what was it? Would you rather get $50 off of a toilet or reach into the toilet for $100? Now, yeah. Like, some of you may ask, what is that about? I don't know. But apparently in the past, this is from what I've always gathered from the Combine, is that they will ask these ludicrous questions and sort of like, like a really wild personality test to be like, oh, this person's like that, like this. Like the question I mentioned earlier about that NFL player being asked if his mom's a prostitute. Like, yeah. how does that tell you anything? Like, if you're the, the toilet question, well, what does that really tell you? Joke. Like, yeah, is it like you go for the easy money for the cheaper? Like, I that doesn't, I saw a really funny Photoshop. It was the Habs logo and the $50 on the uh, <laughs> I thought, Okay, fair enough. That's funny. Fair. But like, what does that tell you? 
Like, like what are we if, doing? If I'm being like a hundred percent honest, I really hope that's not the reason they have they're, they're the toughest interview. And that being said, I, I 10,000% know that they're not the only team doing this. I'm sure all 32 teams are doing this as like you said, if they're doing it in the NFL, they're probably doing it in the NHL too. Um, Remember Iserman was ripping Kirby doc because about like smoking weed when doc said I didn't smoke it. And he was just pulling his leg the whole time. Like that's just, I feel, yeah, that one seems just like, crappy sense of humor from Steve Eisenberg. But I'm just gonna mess with this guy. Like it's like you ask the question and I'm pulling his leg. It's like what? Okay. But maybe that kind of shows like, oh this guy is a team player. He goes with the uh the, the banter and it's like oh this guy's pushing back for not drafting him. Wasn't it Brian Burke would ask players from uh, maybe Barry or Oshawa about where they went to the gym. Yeah. And at this certain arena, the the arena didn't have a gym, right? Right. So he yes. could pick out the liars when they'd be like, yeah, I trained at the arena. There's no gym there, young man. Yeah. And, and that's a totally there. fair question. Yes. Like but- that me seems like an odd question, but like there's an actual reasoning behind it. Then rather than um, if he would pick up $10 off the toilet seat or, 10, or $50 from the toilet. What does that tell you as a human being? What type of person this? I just remember um, that tells me nothing. It was like he said. He says in his book a bit, but it's mostly like on an article in the Athletic. I just remember. Do you remember when Brian Burke said like, "Oh, like a lot of the pre-draft I like to do is I get to know the player." And remember when Morgan Riley's he didn't meet him at a restaurant. He met him on like Morgan Riley's farm to -hmm. eat with the family. Yeah, he's talked about like getting to know the family, and that's. Listen, to go back to the original question of the toilet bowl thing, is it a thing of you're not afraid to get your hands dirty to get the extra pie? You Maybe. gotta be kidding me. But I would just like I would just be like, I'll get some tongs and immediately like throw it into an ATM or something or so I don't have to touch it it's and then be creative. But okay. like, what are we doing here? This is off the cuff, but it's it's something I'm thinking of right now, just on the spot. Okay. Maybe the fifty dollars represents a hometown discount. Daniel, I, I, when Daniel, the uh, Daniel, Daniel, when the extensions those, cook in, yes, the Habs need those. I, I, I'm just gonna stop you. you it's please stop trying to defend this. It's <laughs> okay. not worth it. It's not worth it. Uh, good news involving prospects. I'm not gonna get his name right, but the like Ivan. Oh goodness gracious! Uh, just give me a minute. Ivan, please. Ivan. Uh, I'm Ivan, not Ivan, 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 remember him. Okay. Ivan. Oh God. I'm going to get this wrong. Miro Shinchenko. That's that um, pretty good. So he has been cleared to return to play. Now, earlier this year, he had actually been diagnosed with Hodgkin's uh, lymphoma, but apparently I was sort of revealed at the combine that apparently he's been cleared. Uh, like he's finished his treatment and he's set to play again starting next season. That's a player I believe is supposed to or is originally set to go in the first round. First off, that's great news for him. Um, I wonder if somebody, he's probably going to fall. And maybe we talk more about this when we do our draft preview. But that's a guy I wonder if there's going to be a team that's going to take a risk. Probably a team with more than one first round pick. So maybe that's going to be an Arizona or a Montreal or I don't know how many. I think Buffalo have two picks because they have Vegas, right? Yeah, um, but theirs is both like top 15. <laughs> 
depending on the quality, you know, I don't. It, it's a wild, It's gonna be a wild draft, man. Who knows? Yeah, meets um, uh, the Winnipeg. Ah, I don't know about that. Where are Winnipeg again? Ah, who cares? Because they have. I just remember they have the Rangers, and then where's their own pick going? I don't know. Uh, the Rangers? Oh, yeah, I caught, yeah. 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 But one thing I just we like just to say on this one, yeah. One thing I just say on this one is, um, I'm happy to hear that there's better news with this because I remember for the uh, Helinka Gretzky, uh, tournament, he was absolutely dominant, and he was in that conversation of those young guys to look out for. You know, they had yeah. Shane Wright and Connor Bedard on Canada, but for him, it was just that player that you want to see on that other team. He was up there, man. I. I want to say at one point he was supposed to be upper half of the first round. Mm-hmm. I could be off on that, but he was definitely – there were people with mock drafts with late first round, early second rounders that were taking him. Um, so, well, we'll see. We'll see. I don't know what – like, I have, the NHL are so desperate to keep the Coyotes in, in Arizona. It's hilarious. Okay, so another name I'm going to mess up. Christian Susel. Uh, she was reporting a lot of the stuff from the Tempe City Council um, discussion and voting on the like the planning of the arena. First off, that whole city project, Tempe have voted in favor of continuing the negotiations. It's not set that they're going to go there 100%, but it's basically the next step is on. And basically, this reporter, Kirsten, Kirsten, I'm so sorry. It's not your fault. I'm just dumb. Uh had some little nuggets she tweeted out reporting about some of the what what might be coming Tempe's way. Uh, first off, also, I want to give credit to some of the Coyotes players like Clayton Keller, who went to city council to sort of say, can we stay here? I'm sure that was a little embarrassing for them. So I want to give a, a lot of credit to those guys. They didn't have to do that, but I thought that was really nice of them to do. Um, so some of the reports here. First off, the league might be guaranteeing Tempe an all-star game or weekend and a draft, Morello himself, the owner of the Coyotes, could be giving $40 million of non-refundable cash before the deal was closed to help clean trash sites where the arena is supposed to be built. Um, the city won't be paying for anything. It, it's all going to be private money, which is good for Tempe, and as our arena should be. And apparently Gary Bettman in this whole thing is pushing for a 30-year non-relocation agreement. <laughs> So, by the way, this negotiation here is basically going to be Gary's legacy, right? Like, mm-hmm. if he gets that relocation, I wouldn't be surprised if he retires right then and there. He's like, all right, I'm good. I got it. I'm. This is hilarious to me. So funny to me. You're giving him an, an all-star weekend and a draft? What are you doing? Well, I mean, he's just predicting that next year. There or Do we have next year's draft already? Is Easy. that in uh, Florida or is that the all-star game? I'll double um, check. It's got, it's, it's well, probably I, Vegas or Florida. It doesn't yeah, really matter. Either. Five years from now, they're still going to be in first uh, in dead last anyway. So they'll have the first overall pick. Won't that be exciting? Yay. Um, I don't think I've, I anything's on here yet. So maybe oh, okay. they're, they're probably going to announce it probably, so. I would say before the cup's awarded or probably around the draft this year. A transition yeah. announcement at the draft. Maybe it, there's been a rumor on Twitter, but we'll you see. talked about Gary's legacy. And just to add on to that point before we move on to this stuff, you know, Gary had uh, had such a good chance. And if you look at it right now, imagine we didn't, Arizona doesn't exist, right? Imagine Arizona doesn't exist. 
you have markets in there that have actually succeeded in this in the southern United States. Now it took time. Tampa and Florida took time. Um, Vegas blew up right away. You had San Jose, who was a consistently good team for what a decade. You had Nashville, who was making runs deep into the playoffs for well, I don't know five or six years. That's I probably about. But because he's pushed his limit with the Arizona Coyotes, that, that like that doesn't matter anymore. That doesn't matter. None of that seems to matter anymore because you pushed your limits with Arizona. That's all I'll say. It's funny because Tempe can basically ask for whatever they want, and they're probably going to get it because the NHL and the Morello, they don't have any leverage. It's like, oh, I'll go to Houston. Okay, go. Go. If they've done their homework, they know that Batman is going to do whatever possible to at least, or even Morello himself again, who who again has the the casino the, the the betting license within yep. the state. So the Coyotes are. Ba- I, I also love like I'll give you forty million dollars, which is more he probably ever gave Glendale. Mm-hmm. But it's just I can't help but laugh. Like I'm happy that there's a step forward for the Coyotes fans. I'm happy for them and no one else here. You know what I mean? Like, oh, obviously, yeah. I want the Nordiques back. Or I think it would be better to go to Houston, which is the more realistic thing, obviously. But, like, I'm happy for the Coyotes fans, at least. Because there were people that went to that city council voting. And those are people who care. You know what I mean? I don't want to harp on them too much. I'm happy for that. But it's still hilarious where Bettman has gone with this. It's- I kind of love it. Yeah, it's on it's, his birthday, by the way. Apparently, I did not he know wasn't that. Wow, because this was his birthday and he was celebrating with his family. So, on Gary Batman's birthday, he had to be like, I'll give you whatever you want, I'll give you a draft. I mean, if he can guarantee they're gonna stay there, what a great birthday present! Go on, true. how funny is that? Oh, yeah, just for me, it just it's it's comical, not in the fact that for the fans' perspective, like I agree with that. I think it's comical of we've we've come to another situation that it's like this is actually happening again where we've been covering this for so long and everything that piles on we're like it cannot get any worse than this and it did it, it keeps on happening um the one thing i'm really skeptical skeptical about and something i'm very interested in seeing what happens with that is is the 30 years because that's a long time especially for me, what I've seen the Coyotes do the last few years, especially when John Chica left, is they've been sputtering. And I don't know what, what you expect's gonna happen in the next what five, ten years, and then you still have another 20 on top of that, thinking that you're gonna have an invested larger uh fan base to actually have there for them. And it's just weird for me because I just want to see first how things going to go with Arizona state before making this big commitment. Oh, I can't wait for that, by the way, it's going to be a great disaster. I think like Daniel, I think your concerns are fair. And, and I think I agree with them from everything above management. I think what I've observed that the Coyotes management has done seemingly tells me that they're actually interested in building a good hockey team there. And they literally killed the debt. Like they, they clearly have an idea of what they're doing. 
with Bill Armstrong. Um, What I have issues with where the 30 year relocation agreement, I think gives me issue. Obviously it's a hell of a long time. So Bill Armstrong, like this is past Bill Armstrong, et cetera, et cetera. It's the, what are we getting from ownership? And I think that's to me, what this all boils down to is the failure of not just this ownership, um, but past ownership and how ridiculous it is that we have gone to this point. Um, the ownership group so far has given me no uh, sense of, oh, okay, you know what? I trust them. Let's do this. Because time and time again, they've seemingly, there's, there's always something, right? There's always something and it just screws everything up. So I'm concerned. Because not for sorry, y'all had sorry. I thought you were done. Oh, it's just something with uh, I agree with Alex is we've seen already the last few years, like we've accumulated, they've accumulated the, the prospects, they've accumulated the draft picks. It's like, yeah. okay, and then what are you gonna convince them to stay? Are, is, are these the guys that are actually gonna be able to rebuild the franchise into something different, or are we just gonna see more of the same from before? Where yes, we've made the playoffs, maybe we had that one run in 2012, but what else can you show me? And well, ownership. Uh, give management that 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 freedom to actually do something about it. For anyone thinking, ah, oh, they're giving all this money, the thing, and they're guaranteeing the money to go to, to Arizona State. Let's not forget the Katie Strang article when this Coyotes group bragged that they had saved money on napkins and they weren't spending a lot of money in the bubble for food for the players. And they thought, ah, oh, these other teams have sandwiches. It's so fancy. What's that? Remember that. Remember that. I'm sorry, Eugene Melnick. Well, remember, he had a house in like Barbados. Great lifestyle. The Sens didn't get much money their way, though. Um, so let's uh, uh, two different stories, two different stories. Uh, before actually we go to the Edmonton Oilers and the Colorado Avalanche, Abs can close out tonight. Who's excited? I am. Uh, Daniel, have you been liking Kenobi? Because you haven't been here. Oh, yes. Wow, that's a good, uh, good lead into um, the final series. I like this, but I, I've been liking it. I think it's been cool. I like, uh, and you know, I know this is. Wait, hold on, hold we, on. Yes, you guys got to the spoilers Spoiler already. For the episode one to three for Kenobi, keep going forward if you don't want to hear it. If not, sucks. Okay, continue. Um. Yeah. Okay. So yes, we've already announced that the spoilers. But for me, I think they really got right into it. <laughs> if I mean, like there wasn't really kind of a. Let's develop this. Hey, let's remind you of what all of this was. Let's just, but for this one, it's like, let's just get into it. Um, one big thing I did like about it is because when you have a legacy type of guy, a franchise type of guy, like an Obi-Wan, um, there's that common narrative that we saw The Last Jedi of like the reluctant Luke. Yes. Of the guy that's like just down on his luck and he doesn't really want to do anything with that. I think. You do see that with Obi-Wan, but he doesn't stay there. And that's what I liked about the show is just that he regained the confidence pretty quickly or he knew his duty right away. He just didn't kind of mope around for a few hours. And I know that Mark Hamill did not like that in The Last Jedi for Luke. But anyways, I I think it's been good so far. It's been great. Um, A lot of tension there. Um, The one issue I kind of had is like there was that buildup for Darth Vader. There really was. Yes. And to me, I think that it came too early. I like that there were the glimpses in Mustafar of him getting rebuilt. I feel like doing something else. Like, I think it would have been nice for him and Obi-Wan to see each other 
a bit later into the series, in my opinion, because I don't know. It's just like, okay, episode three. Oh, you already gave it to me. I couldn't disagree more. I could really why <laughs> because I think that's what I think everyone knew going into this going into especially epi- and I'm not saying you should have been given it to us episode one I think the way they did it was good but I think everyone walked into that series and was like we know these two are going to face off for months we've been hearing about Hayden Christensen and Darth Vader and Obi-Wan and Ewan McGregor and it's like we've been waiting for this and I think they did it the best way possible I think they did it great job when they announced the show they actually did say like they're gonna fight like this yeah yeah here's what i'll also disagree with you here daniel because you said he's he got his sense of honor back yeah he doesn't he has that sort of to him but i don't think he has the jedi confidence he hasn't used the saber confidently and the blaster confidently yeah he's just so (laughs) uncivilized uh like he's shooting grievous and he can't hit anything. Like, remember episode two? He just he missed everything. He's a terrible shot. He's like a stormtrooper. But like, if he was facing anyone other than stormtroopers in like episode three and that, he'd be dead right now. But um, Vader let him get away. But here's like the big thing, right? Is we're still seeing Hermit Obi-Wan. So I think it, it's a good thing to show him getting his butt kicked by Vader. So he can have that redemption arc and build himself back up for the last three episodes. That's my opinion, though. And I'm never going to turn down see Darth Vader look like a complete monster. Like for me, I think this has been my favorite Star Wars series so far. Really? Uh, yeah, I think so. Above the Mandalorian, in my opinion. In my opinion. Really? Um, the only okay, one thing is the, okay, this is the one, one thing. Like, okay. like, like the Darth Vader stuff was amazing. I think it's just maybe for me. Yeah. I just want a little bit more build up. I know that it's not done yet. Yeah. The one part I just didn't like about it was the reveal that Anakin is still alive. I'm like, that kind of just didn't it like felt, that. It just like, it just kind of felt to me. Like I like the, the flashbacks of what happened afterwards. I think okay. it just at the moment, I'm like, you really could have presented this a better way of him actually finding out. Yeah. It's like, Oh, you found out in like a cargo bay. And this character that we were introduced to in episode one is the one who told you. I'm not going to completely disagree with that. Daniel. Um, listen, like the way, like I think what saved that last sort of scene because it, it was a bit jarring because it's like, oh, the Grand Inquisitor is dead, even though he's probably not dead, and oh my, and then they they kind of like shock you when it, they the transition Anakin, and then you see Vader was just so epic. Mm-hmm. That is true because I think what else doesn't help is we still don't know how Riva knows that it's Anakin. Like there's still some questions there. I think that's your. I didn't think of that. Or it's just sort of like, like it was a really good hook. This is when they released the first two episodes together to get everyone back. But that is a good point. Like it was a bit kind of like this character we don't know is going to be the one that breaks, that essentially mentally breaks you. I think that's fair. I think that's very fair. Mm-hmm. Alex, what about you? I know you guys already no, mentioned think, it. But... I still think, I still like it. I, I mean, like that scene was just that's unbelievable. Scene. The but, ending saved oh it. My God. Yeah. With it, right? Insane. Yeah. Uh, So uh, apparently, I've been so confused about this. So in the credits, it shows that they use the voice thing, the same thing that they used in in other series to simulate the voices of guys like Luke. Yeah. And they said they did that with James Earl Jones, but they themselves said that Jones is doing the voice. 
But then others are, but then you see the modification thing. I don't know. That's to help boost his own, because his chops sound. He sounds different from Rogue One, and mm. in Rogue One he sounds older because James Earl Jones is obviously like ninety-one. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's not. Unless I maybe I, I missed it. I didn't see him credited on IMDb. That's weird. Um, unless I completely missed it, but I'm gonna double check. That'd be crazy if it's not James Earl Jones. Well, he's, it's still like, oh, no, now the- he's credited. Oh, okay. 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 There you go. Yeah. For three and four, though, that's interesting. Hmm. Hmm. Maybe it was unavailable episode one and two. Hmm. We'll see. I mean, you know. Uh, also, oh, we well, talk- he only talks in three and four. So mm. that would, or in three, I don't know about four. I'm just making assumptions here. So Two things. He fair. better be in four, five, and six. He <laughs> yeah, better no, be in four, sure. five, and six. <laughs> it seems like he if will. he's gone after episode four, I'm gonna be, if it's not done well, I'm going to be pissed. Two things um, I like to bring up um, because I want to get to the Oilers soon, but the two things I thought were pretty epic. I think the, this is already seen in the previews of the Grand Inquisitors speech about Guys. the Jedi can't hide themselves. That was good, yeah. That one, like, that's still one of my favorite I, parts. I, sorry, news? I, I have breaking news. Oh. How big is it? One like, to ten? I would say, okay, I don't think it's ten, but it's significant news. Like, I'm not, I'm not like gonna an eight point five. I don't know. Okay, uh, okay. Fr- Frank Sarah. Yeah, maybe around eight. Frank Saravelli. The Boston Bruins have announced they fired Coach Bruce Cassidy. What? Wow. No way. Yeah. They fired Cassidy. Yeah. You're you're laughing at me. They did not fire him. No, wow, yes. That's an Four 11. minutes ago. That's an 11? Okay. Whoa. Wow. The first thing yeah. I opened is a dog page. Oh, <laughs> my God. Yeah, that's... Uh, Why? Huh. I love the SpongeBob meme of the fish oh, going, no. you what? Fire uh, <laughs> seat. Yeah. Why? My leg. It wasn't <laughs> his fault that, you know, you didn't get him a center. An extremely difficult decision. I would think so. Oh, my. Maybe they want, maybe they have some. Oh, I don't. Barry Trotz. Oh, my goodness. That's, I'm shocked. That's interesting. I didn't think of Barry Trotz. I was thinking, like, they know Bergeron's not coming. (laughs) (laughs) I was thinking Bergeron's not coming back. So I was like, it's time to uh, get a coach that will lead us through a rebuild. That's what I, my first thought. I maybe maybe so, maybe they know because if you if let's say because if it's not that how in the world does Bergeron feel that you just fired this great coach he won't be out so it makes sense that maybe they know that that's I'm I'm shocked otherwise like why else would you do it I I I wonder like he won't be out of a job for long like Cassidy like he'll get hired so quickly that's a Jack Adams winner. Yeah, and he That's had one ins- more. He had one more year left at three million dollars, according to um, Cap Friendly. Um, there's quite a few coach openings. That this is going to be so quite lot. interesting. Uh, we add it to the preview. Pardon? The car. We could do a coach preview segment. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Um, we have so Boston, Chicago, Dallas, Detroit, um, Philadelphia. Vegas and Winnipeg are all currently without coaches. Add on Dave Hoxtall, Brunette, and Woodcroft, who all don't have deals. I don't so know where that's coming back. There, yeah, but there's quite a few guys who are. Uh, 
there's quite a few openings and I'm sure they'll be filled quite quickly, probably sooner rather than later. Yeah. That's very, that's surprising to me. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I don't, I don't think we can go to, I don't think we can, we can transition into back into star Wars after that. That's okay. (laughs) Um, We have other episodes for uh, talking about about that. Five next week. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, By the way, uh, to finish off star Wars, Gunji is alive. Uh, Never forget. Uh, Okay. And finally, we probably should have opened the show with this, but that's fine. Uh, it's just, it feels weird talking about game three so much and previewing game four when it's going to be out of date so quickly. So, yeah. Um, okay. Edmonton, they're down three nothing right now. Uh, Darcy, oh, so much has happened. Yeah. Darcy Kemper's been out. Uh, Francois had that shutout, which is really good. McCarr has been really good. Lekkonen's really good. Byram's really good. Ruhaha. But the first thing we should mention is the Evander Kane hit on Nazem Kadri, uh, which was those kind of hits in the corners are just you talk to anyone who's especially especially played the game that and Jared Bednar was right in saying this. That's not it's not just a coach kind of thing there, but that is that is one of the most dangerous plays in hockey. You can't throw hits like that. And as a result, Kadri's out for at least the series. Um, Hit the thumb surgery. Thumbs a broken. Th- oh, it was surgery. Yeah. Oh, so so they said he might be doubtful for the rest of the playoffs, but he's not ruled out completely for the finals. Which, if there's a game seven, he's playing basically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and as a result, Evander Kane only gets one game. One game. So, the 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 funny part. I mean, that's not funny. It's I think it's more comical than anything. Is I don't know if you saw after the hit where Kane turns around, looks at a referee, and it was like, and he just looked confused. Yeah, like, he's like, oh, what did I do? Yeah. Whether you Smith think allows a goal, it's like, how? Yeah, it's what like, oh that? my god, how did the puck get past me? But like, regardless of whether you think the the hit is illegal or not. Don't act sorry, like don't act like that. That you 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 look to me, you look stupid. Like to 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 be like, oh, I don't know what I did. Like, you know what you did. I saw you hacking at, at Pavel Francouz's pads the entire night. Like, don't play that game with me, Evander Kane. Like do like whatever, just don't do that. Like that pisses that pissed me off a little bit. So I was at my obviously I was at my brother's again. So I actually didn't get to watch a lot of game three, which was hurting my insides because I love the abs. Um, but he, here's what's, what's really frustrating to me about this. Besides, like, I think we all agree Kane should have gotten more than one game, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Listen, the Oilers have been skated around in circles by the abs. We know that, right? Like the shot, in, listen, I don't know a lot of the advanced metrics, but you just have to watch and look at the shot clock and really just pay attention to Darnell Nurse to see that the Oilers haven't looked great, and their defense especially has really been exposed this series to the state we all thought it was when we looked at the contracts of Keith and CeCe and whatnot, right? Uh, here's what really – and by the way, Barry taking like five or six shots in the last few minutes, and they were all blocked, which I thought was really funny. Um, Who could have seen that coming? I don't want to blame this solely on Mike Smith because he's not the only reason that they're losing this series. But if I hear one more commentator say he's a resilient goaltender, I'm going to rip my hair out. I was talking about this with Mike. And you know how important goaltending is to me. Okay, listen. He cost them game one in the first round. 
cost mm-hmm. them the game. The 100-foot goal in the second series against the Flames, Nugent Hopkins saved him. And then in this series, the game-winning goal in Game 3 from J.T. Comper. I don't care how good Mike Smith was on the penalty kill. I don't care how good he's been because every game this series, there has been a, holy crap, what just happened? You cannot have a goal. You guys... You cannot play to bail out your goaltender in the playoffs. It's supposed to be the other way around. There is nothing worse. And you can hear this again. Anyone who has played the game will be the first one to tell you this. The worst feeling in the world is stepping onto the ice and not trusting your goaltender. I don't care if he's all oh my great bail these other saves. He's how allowed Ooh. how many crappy goals? He has been so inconsistent. Why are we saying he's resilient? He has been bad. I don't care. He's, if he's oh my god, he's rebounding me on these great saves. He look at that cover go. It leaked in. They're in the final four and down three. Nothing. He can't steal a game. He's not good. He's 40. Stop saying he's resilient. He's old and inconsistent, as Will Baldwin would say. Stop giving Mike Smith credit. I'm so happy you've come to my side. I oh, it's so- I already knew. We all I, knew I, it. I, appre- I appreciate <laughs> it. I appreciate it. You've now joined uh, joined my oh, side. My me, uh, it was it was <laughs> it was actually really good. Actually, the audio is quite good. Um, I'm glad you've joined the the side of. Uh, the Mike, the anti Mike Smithers. I'm a Stuart Skinner uh, fan. So he's that's right, Matt. He's 40 years old. This isn't a Mike Smith. I, I'm not. I'm not blaming Mike Smith. Well, I am inadvertently blaming Mike Smith. But this comes down to you, the problem was not fixed. And great under Jay Woodcroft from that point up until like for for the most part, the defense has looked ten times better than it did under Dave Tippett. By the way, that's a hell of a low bar to set. But um, <laughs> that's like saying, well, I mean, the Leafs defense looks so much better than five years ago. Okay, guys, that's a hell of a low bar to set. Um, but it doesn't help that Darnell Nurse is injured. It doesn't help that Leon Dreisaitl is injured. Fair. Yeah. But your goaltender's not consistent. You don't, like, McDavid's going to show up regardless. But it's a matter of whether he has to pot five points or whether he has to pot three points every night. And like, Oh my God, like that's not, that's definitely not sustainable. I don't think if you look at the other teams who are in the final four, I don't think they're, they're having the same conversation. They're not, no one in Tampa Bay is talking about like the, no one's talking about their goaltender in any other series in this manner. They're like their entire team, even New York, who no one expected to be here, by the way, is being run better than what's being done in Edmonton at the moment. Listen, are the defense helping Smith? Absolutely not. But okay, last game, 42 shots against 39 saves. That's good. 929 save percentage. Amazing. But that last goal, game one, got pulled. Again, by the way, never forget game one. Almost got pulled in game two versus Calgary, by the way, because another crap start for him. I, I just I just can't even game two, not bad. 900 save percent. I don't care if there was 40 so like 40 shots against. You have to come up big. You have to the worst thing I keep telling I keep saying this. The worst thing in a series is if you are the second best goaltender in it. You need a goalie who can win 
you a game single-handedly or you're not going to win. And right now they're down 3 nothing. What's the moment the abs were like, hey, I'm going to play some defense here. Boom. A boom. And listen, Francois had a really easy game too. I'm not going to deny that. Game three, that one goal where he completely, the game to like, tie and go from a cloud. Pretty rough. You got to say sure. that. He's the backup. Uh-huh. He's not the starter. Mike Smith. And this is also on the Oilers because they made that. You can't go to Koskinen for game four. You can't do that. You've made your bed, now you have to land it. But you had, you didn't want to give up, what, a fourth or a third for, for Jones? You didn't want to go and do your due diligence and try and pay a little extra for Jake Allen? When McDavid was having a 120-point season, you wouldn't pay the extra price for a damn goaltender? What are we and, doing? And what felt- are we doing? And the defense you put together the moment it faced the Kings, no offense to them, the Kings overachieved. The Flames just forgot how to play the game of hockey. And then you play the abs, the team that you need to measure up against the team that has a legitimate, like well put together. Well, like good analytical department. You fall apart because your defense is as old as the damn stone age. Adam, you have to remember Ken Holland said he signed Cody CC because they had to replace Adam Larson's production. Adam Larson is as offensively minded as a rock. Oh, Remember, remember in game, remember in game seven uh, or game was it game six of the Kings Oilers series where I, I Vander Kane scored and he put up the seven. Yes, they shouldn't have gotten to seven. That was the problem. That series should have been done by then, right? If and like because they were, LA was always going to give them a problem, but they should have been able to get that done earlier there was no true doubting right and when i look at when i look at what's happening with mike smith and it's like yes the defense definitely could be better but if we go back to their previous series when we look at calgary like you brought up before markstrom wasn't great their defense wasn't great and look and and it led to their doubt and inevitably it led to their downfall from that series. And uh, that's probably, that's definitely what's going to be their downfall this series. What? They're going to win tonight. Watch. Like, oh, they, I did. Like, I don't I think actually, this series is over. Oh, uh, well, David's going to have a hat trick. Well, yeah. he, oh, hundred percent. No one else. Because dry. So I was hurt. You know, yeah. I love Brett Kulak. I'm not me Brett, but like McDavid's going to go off tonight. Oh yeah. Like, uh, we, we know this, but it's just, it just makes me so mad seeing goaltending like this in the playoffs. It makes me so mad. Oh, what are teams going to learn? You can have the most flawed team in the world. You can have a five foot six bear out of college on your top line, but if you got a good goaltender like Carey Price, you're going to be fine. Yeah. Oh, it's so annoying. Look at the Dallas Stars from two years ago. Honestly, I don't think even. Look at the stars in the first round. They nearly beat. They nearly beat Calgary. Yeah, because Ottinger was like, "Hey there, maybe Crazy. they should offer sheet Ottinger if he's eligible." <laughs> like I said, the Leafs should do. Offer sheet Ottinger. Offer sheet I don't know Ottinger. if they. Have, I don't know if either team has the money for it. <laughs> ah, figure it out. Send send Tyson Barry to the shadow room. Poor Pull Harvey. He's going to get traded. It's going to be great. Whoever yeah. picks up Pull Harvey is a smart team. I um, Leafs should pick him up. I think the Habs should pick them up. Fair. And Daniel thinks the Ducks should pick them up. Yeah, why not? More young guys. And then Detroit are going to get them. It's like, <laughs> probably, yeah. Or For Tampa. like a third round pick. 
Oh, uh, Tampa uh, Pinto. An expiring contract of a goalie. And Tampa are going to replace Andre Pilat with Jesse Pugliarvi. It's going to be a ah, great fun. Good times. <laughs> And then Pauli Harvey is going to start scoring goals, and then Mark Spector is going to be like, ah, I got a goal. It's not. Unbelievable. It's a shame that Kadri's hurt because without Gerard too and Kemper's eyesight being questionable for a gold standard. Listen, yeah, I I'll was, tell you, sorry. you guys know this. My right mm-hmm. eye is screwed. I walk mm-hmm. into things in the grocery store. I can't imagine playing goaltender with eye issues. That's yeah. just insane. It's scary. Can I propose a question to you guys? I was actually, I was thinking about this on the car ride home from work. Is tonight um, the best, I'm going to phrase it like this, but I think you'll get what I mean. Is tonight the best chance for the Avalanche to finish off the series? Because yeah, you're remember, they're going to miss Kadri the rest of the series. And if they make it past this round, probably the finals, but the Oilers are missing Kane, which despite what you want to say about him, he's clearly an important piece of that team. Um, He's missing one game. So if you lose this game, now you have to add Evander Kane back to the situation, but you're not adding Nazem Kadri back to the the, the equation. It's just Evander Kane. Would you say tonight is the uh, the Avalanche's best night to, to close out the series? Yes. Or do you think it doesn't matter? I think tonight, because of the change dynamics right now, I think the Avalanche, I think a big thing they've learned from two years ago is kind of that Tampa mentality with mm-hmm. next man up. They've really improved their depth. And I think they just have a bit of that chip on the shoulder right now to rally behind the fact that Kadri's out, that he got injured this way. And I, I think... I don't know. I just think of what Nathan McKinnon is thinking right now where he wants to also show he's one of the best players too. And he's still thinking about all those other playoff disappointments. And I think the opportunities for him right now to just close it out and just do it. And I think he does it tonight. Um, Also again, Kale McCarr has been sensational this series. Hasn't had many of the points as you always like him to see, but this defensive game in the matchup against McDavid has been well, he, incredible. Uh, Kale McCarr. I'm the captain of the fan club, obviously. Um, the pr- Is it the best shot? The problem is, even if Kane's not there, the big thing is that it's in Edmonton. Um, it's all, it's, statistically, it's obviously the best chance they have, but it also helps that you're going to have them on the ropes in your home arena for a game five. Mm-hmm. If this was, if, if the Oilers had home ice advantage, I'd be a bit more concerned, but like, I don't think there's any sort of objective way of saying, ah, game five would be more important. No, it's without Kane and the goals he's been scoring. It's yeah. It's, it's pretty difficult to say this isn't the, sure. like the best opportunity they're going to get. Um, yeah. Plus as, as uh, who is you think Joe Sackick said, uh, rest is a weapon in the playoffs, and you know they're going to want to get it. Not to mention Burakovsky being hurt too is not great. And yeah, I don't know if he's set to play or not, but um, that's going to be a big one. Um, but Confer will score because that man is. Uh, as I was talking to Mike, and he said to me, you know, when the abs are off, JT Confer is on. So uh, yeah, okay. Well, um, that is everything. Um, Variety this episode, by the way. 
Yeah, it was a lot. Yeah. It was a lot. I still can't believe Bruce Cassidy got fired. Yeah, I'm still thinking about that one. That's insane. Oh, oh, one more thing. Uh, I'm happy for Chris Weidman that he got an extension. That was really good. Um, oh, he yeah. deserves it. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jeff Gordon's birthday is today. That beautiful bastard. Happy birthday, Jeff. Yeah. Also, okay. it's the 15th anniversary of the Ducks winning the cup. Hi. Um, it's also the NHL debut for Dylan Holloway tonight. Good luck, young man. Mm-hmm. Uh, wow, what a way to just throw him. <laughs> yeah, that was a bit <laughs> that's rough. Awesome. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Good for him. I'm sure he'll figure it out. Prototypical power forward, I've heard. I've heard. Hmm. Oh, that's they say? The, that's what I've heard from the Real Junior Showcase with things, but we'll see how that goes. All right. Well, uh, I do think that is everything. I still can't believe Bruce Casty. I'm actually losing it right now. <laughs> okay. Well, gentlemen, uh, I'm going to read an, uh, an athletic article about the combine, which is going to be interesting. Um, yeah. I can't wait. Thank you for listening, all that type of stuff. Uh, links in the description for all our individual gubs. Check out the TikTok. We love the TikTok. Um, I hear TikTok's an interesting place. I'm never going to get it, though. That's one way to okay. say it. So, I understand there's a lot of animals, anime spoilers in there, and that's my uh, my kryptonite, so we'll be staying away from the TikTok. Um, also, Penguins fans bully me. No, no, it's, no, no, it's, it's the other fans because they think I love Crosby, which yeah. I do because he's better than you. Uh, anyway, thank you, gentlemen. Uh, next episode, a series might be over. Uh, we're, when are we recording again? Thursday? You're yeah, recording Thursday, yes. Oh, yeah, I'm, yeah, with, with Michael. Uh, okay, Michael. Yeah, so next time, well, next time we, the three of us are together, the second round might be done. Mm-hmm. Third round. Second yeah, round's been done sun, a lot. Yeah, next Sunday. Yeah. Okay, well, and then also we'll talk about Kenobi. Yeah. It'll be great. And goodbye. Bye.